It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and yeah, I swear I can see the weekend from here. And everybody's waking up just really, really bitterly cold. At least across the state of Wyoming, the wind is not blowing. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's cold. I might get a break for a couple of days here. Let's take a look at some of the conditions. First, I'll start with just the temperatures, then I'll get to road conditions out there, which... Road conditions are slightly eh, better than yesterday. So where I am right now around the Casper area, minus 18. Now, some of these temperatures are going to drop before the sun comes up, which is the usual thing that happens just before sunup. There's a drop in temperature, and then, so if you think it's cold now, Gillette, you're about minus 19. KC, you're about minus 20. Also, Buffalo and Sheridan, about minus 20. Worland, minus 22. Basin, minus 17. You seeing a trend here? Powell minus 22, so is Cody and Matici and Pavilion and Lander. We get into minus 10. That's a heat wave when we get into Pinedale and Middleton and minus 15 and Dubois. Rollinger minus 11, so is Hannah. Rock Rivers minus 22. Most everybody's minus 20. Torrington minus 28. Cheyenne minus 19. Laramie minus 13. Saratoga, you're minus six. And believe it or not, it's minus six there because it's a higher elevation. What happens is the cold weather will sink down into the lowest areas. So someone who's at a higher elevation will actually be a bit warmer than somebody at a lower elevation. All right, let's take a look at our roads out there right now. Current Y-dot map shows I-25. Yesterday, all of I-25 was closed. Today, I-25 is closed from Cheyenne to KC. North of there, you can do it, but they'd rather you didn't. From I-80, from Cheyenne to Rock Springs, closed. After that, as you continue heading west, it's, again, open, but they'd rather you didn't. All of the highways in central Wyoming... We're talking like Muddy Gap, around Medicine Bow, Rock River, and Hannah. All of that's closed. All right, now things that started to open up. So the eastern side of Wyoming, those roads are open, but the conditions aren't good. So if you're on I-25, east of I-25, your roads are open, but again, not good. Anywhere north of Douglas is open, but not good. If you're in Midwest, you're kind of stuck there for a while. You're not going anywhere. Right, Wyoming is really sketchy. And as we get into areas like uh, the Wind River Reservation, Thermopolis, again, Matiti, Warland, places like that, Cody, those roads are open, but really sketchy at this time. So according to Donde's forecast, which he does a video 
on YouTube every morning, and I watch that just before I come on the air. So he was saying, what I was saying yesterday, this is a good time to clean up. And we'll certainly have about a day and a half to do that because temperatures, they're going to be bitterly cold, but it's going to be calm out there. You're going to see some blue skies, but no wind. And I noticed that is a big difference when I stepped outside to go start my car this morning, which I'm not, because I have a a stick shift, which I call my millennial anti-theft device. I have to go out and physically start my vehicle and let it warm up a little bit. And I go back inside and I shower and get ready and all of that. And when I stepped out, at first, it didn't feel all of that bad. Give it a couple of seconds. Just give it a bit because it's going to happen. It's going to feel really cold. But it's worse, as you know, when it's windy. When it's a lot warmer, but windy feels so much worse. So at least we don't have the wind. Now, when we get into later Friday, here comes patches of snow falling here and there, and the wind starts to pick up. Saturday, Sunday, here we go again with more wind. And so all of that snow that's been laying around starts getting blown around, and a lot of the highways that were just open start closing again. You know the drill on this, right? I.D. John, Granite Canyon. Morning, Glenn. Was minus 15 when I went to bed. Zero when I got up. Now... I think what happened there, John, John is in Granite Canyon, so if you want to know where that is, if you're in, let's say, Cheyenne, and you're heading to Laramie on I-80, you go way up high over this area, right? And as you're going way up and over there, there's uh, that, that's much higher altitude. So that's why minus 15 when he went to bed. And overnight, that cold air starts to settle into the low areas. Cold air sinks, obviously, right? So since he's at a higher elevation, it's going to be a bit warmer up there. So he's actually zero. His temperature is nothing. So there's why you're at you're a heat wave. Oh, here's from Thermopolis. Grandpa Rich just sent me a picture. Negative 21 in Thermopolis. Yeah, that's about average for most people around the state right now is negative 20-something so where I'm at right now, it says negative 18, but that's going to drop to about what Grandpa Rich has in Thermopolis to start his day. So there's where we're at now. Cleanup will begin. I was able to get to work. My sister asked me a note about getting to work. Yesterday, I drove into work. We were debating maybe not having a live show at all because we were told it was going to be really bad. But when I woke up yesterday, which is I get up about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at my window and I went, oh, well, I can do that. But I worried about getting home. And everybody else that works at these radio studios did the same thing. They got here and went, yeah, but about getting home. And yesterday it just snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed. So we got out of here at 10 o'clock in the morning when the show was over. And we, it didn't matter what radio station it was. We all had the same idea. We're out of here. And so we all went home. And getting home was tough. It really was. It was far worse getting home than it was getting to work yesterday. And then throughout the day, the snow just kept on coming down. So when I woke up this morning, my sister is asking, did you make it? Uh, yeah, I, I made it to work. We're good because there's these great road crews working all night long clearing the streets in this town. So we were able to get. But those are the main avenues because there's a lot of people who live in the neighborhoods that don't get cleared. And they're just stuck for a while. 
which is one of the reasons I learned when I moved to Wyoming. One of the things that I look for if I'm going to look for a place to live is as much as I love some of these really pretty neighborhoods in some of these towns, I have to look at the streets and ask, so when it gets a really bad winter storm comes in, do they plow that neighborhood or would I just be stuck there? Where I'm living right now, it's it doesn't look like a main road, but it's considered to be a main artery. And that's kept clear. So I park on that and so I can get directly to work. But I know some of you folks, though, you wake up in your neighborhood and there's just piles with piles of snow out there in your neighborhood roads. And they're just not going to do anything about it. So good luck. Other people who live farther out who are either in very small towns or you're just way out in the middle of nowhere, then it's all on you, isn't it, to make sure that you can clear stuff and get to where you need to go. That's a whole different ball game there because no one's coming out your way. All right, 6.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Next time on Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up, Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Six eighteen is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Yeah. Negative teens to negative 20s across the state of Wyoming right now. I was just looking up a quote here, one of my favorite ones of all time, Dr. David Vinner, when it was published in a, a UK newspaper back in 2000. That snow is now a thing of the past. It'll be such a rare and exciting event that when it happens, well, we're just going to have to explain it to our kids. They're not going to know what it is. So if you would, please, if you didn't do it yesterday, grab your kids. I don't care if they're asleep right now. Drag their lazy butts out of bed, take them outside, and just throw them into a snowbank. And then explain to them what that is. Okay. It's called global warming. Look it up. Have them watch a Greta Thunberg video or something like that so they know what's going on. By the way, I was listening to the program just before this one. And... He was giving advice at the end of every hour. He just talks about something that's not hard news. It's just kind of interesting. And the topic he picked this time was best practices for those people who own electric vehicles when it gets really cold. Now, one of the problems with electric vehicles when it gets really cold is range. Range suffers considerably. The advantage they have is when they step on, I keep wanting to say the gas pedal, but it's not a gas pedal. When they put their foot down on the accelerator, how's that? That they have power immediately. It's not like your car where it has to kind of get going. It just, it's there. So they do have a lot of power torque. Disadvantage is the colder it gets, the worse the range. So to help that, the advice given by manufacturers of electric vehicles is, so make sure to warm up your vehicle before you start driving. Here's what I'm reading. Best practices include preheating, getting the vehicle cabin up to temperature while still plugged in means more energy is left for battery range. This can usually be controlled with the smartphone apps or whatever fobs and generally works best in higher powered level two chargers. Okay. So they want you to warm up your vehicle. Well, hold on. Hang on a second. Um, they were telling those of us with the internal combustion engine to not warm up our vehicle. 
Now, they offer all sorts of different reasons to not do that, but mainly the reason they think is, well, you're contributing to climate change because of your emissions. Well, what about the emissions from an electric vehicle? Now, they would tell you, well, it's a zero emissions vehicle. As you know, no, it's not. In fact, recently I was watching an electric vehicle commercial, and during the commercial, the lady who's driving the vehicle calls it a zero emissions vehicle. Underneath the words popped up a disclaimer, zero emissions at the source or at the vehicle, zero emissions at the vehicle itself. But what they were trying to say is, but not a zero emissions vehicle. They can't say that anymore. They've been busted on that one. So if anyone calls it during an electric vehicle commercial, if they call it a zero emissions vehicle, they have to put a disclaimer up. Well, the vehicle itself doesn't give emissions. Admitting flat out that, of course, you have to create admissions in order to charge the thing. So think about this, guys. For those of you who are fans of the internal combustion engine, they tell you, don't warm your vehicle up in the wintertime. It's like minus 20-something out there right now. Don't warm your vehicle up. That's bad as climate change. There's, there's emissions. Really? But electric vehicles, they're advising, keep the sucker plugged in. Which, that electricity is coming from where? Well, as I've mentioned many times before, it's not coming from, the wind is not blowing in Wyoming right now. There's a few places where there's maybe a slight breeze, but for the most part, it's calm out there. So if you're nice and snug in your house, let's take a look at where that power is coming from. Not wind and solar. Sun's not up. If the sun was up, all the solar panels are covered in snow and ice. Wind's not blowing. Okay. So they really haven't been able to use those solar um, those uh, wind farms for a few days now. So where's the electricity coming from? Well, those same plants that they want to close down, the coal plants, the natural gas plants, they want to close those suckers down. But that's what's keeping you warm right now. And so for those people who are charging their electric vehicles, that's where that power is coming from. So what are they saying here? Keep your vehicle plugged in is their advice, and then turn the vehicle on and let it warm up the cab. That way you're warming up the car, the cab, the engine, and all that, without draining the battery. Then go driving, you'll have some longer range. That's their advice. Okay, so they are allowed to warm up their, their vehicle, which of course, again, there's no such thing as zero emissions but you are told not to warm up yours. Okay. Well, I, and again, they, they're not going to get the range that they hope. And I wonder, what about those people who are going to end up parking their electric vehicles outside? Because we don't all have garages. Okay. Not everybody does. So some people are, well, a lot of people, how many cars do you see parked outside? Especially if you live in a town with a neighborhood. How many cars are parked outside? A lot. So we're all going to have um, long cords running outside to those vehicles? Yeah. Everybody's going to go to bed with long cords running outside because they're not allowed to park inside. 
or they can't because they don't have a garage. And then temperatures drop to the negative numbers. You got to think this kind of thing through. What are you going to do when it gets really cold out there and you have a cord that runs all the way out to your vehicle that's been trying to charge it all night long and it's going to have trouble charging it all night long when temperatures get to like they are right now? Okay. Just want to point out the problems that are often not discussed but are, we, we need to talk about if, if there's people whose fans are these vehicles. They get these vehicles and then they find out there's a lot of problems with them. In fact, I wonder, do I still have that one? No, I think I might have. Nope, I do. I do have that. Then there was this guy in Colorado. Just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes. But the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80, and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It is more expensive to charge an EV plus we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. Okay, so I'm not. Sometimes when I talk about stuff like this, people think that I'm against new technology, and I'm not. I'm not against new technology. I love the idea of new technology, and I would love to find something that is better than the internal combustion engine and replaces it. That'd be just so cool. I thought by this point in my life, there's two kinds of technology I thought we would have by now. First off, I thought when we lifted off for outer space, we wouldn't be using rockets anymore. We would have found some anti-gravity device. I've, I was thinking that when I was a kid, but we're still doing it with rockets. I also kind of figured that we would be done with the internal combustion engine by the time I became an adult, and somebody would have invented something entirely different. Well, different ideas have come around, but nothing really has worked yet. I hope someday something does. I really do. There's some technology out there which I look at and think, wow, that's hopeful. Like, for example, the hydrogen vehicle has great promise, but there's problems still that they've been trying to solve for quite a while with hydrogen. I'm not going to get into all of that, but it would certainly, I think, if they could solve those problems, be a whole lot better than anything we're currently using right now. So I love the idea of new technology. It's just what they're trying to force on us right now currently isn't working and isn't better. So as you get up this morning, you'll have to do what I did. I went ahead and started my vehicle. I went, took a shower, got dressed. Yes, I even make my bed in the morning. By the time I was done with all of that, I walked out to my vehicle and it was nice and toasty inside and my vehicle was much happier heading down the road to get me to work. Okay. And the rest of you are going to do the same thing. Meantime, anyone who bought an, an electric vehicle, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to warm up their vehicle, even though you've been told not to, but they're allowed to. And they're going to be told that what they're doing is zero emissions, but you and I both know, and it's not zero emissions. But okay. I will keep you up to date on road conditions as the morning goes on. And I'm watching the temperatures here this morning because temperatures right now, most everybody is like negative 20-something. Not everybody, but most everybody is negative 20-something. And there's usually just a little bit of a dip in temperatures before they come back up again. And coming back up again today is not going to be much. Hang in there. Local news is coming your way right after local news. We'll have a look at your weather forecast. It's you and I again. Then Don Day comes on with an extended weather forecast, which you're going to want to hear, especially when he talks about the weekend 
and maybe takes a glance into next week. Morning, sister dear. She's online listening from Lake Will. Yeah, it's cold out here. Yeah, that's all right. Welcome to Wyoming. on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Pretty much everybody is minus like 18, 19, 20-something. In fact, folks around Wyoming and around the region on social media are waking up and taking a screenshot of whatever the temperature is and then posting that on their social media. So you're getting temperatures from all over the state. Most everybody, most everybody is minus 20-something. There's a few differences out there, but, you know, that most everybody's minus 20-something. All right, I do have Don Day coming up in just a couple of minutes with an extended forecast for you. Now, I have a story in front of me here, but what they say the story is about is not what I'm going to talk to you about. It's just something I noticed. So in the Wyoming House and Senate, they've been talking about giving themselves a bump in their per diem because representatives in the House and Senate in the state of Wyoming do not get paid for the work they do. They do get a per diem. And the per diem is just to cover expenses. They got to get to Cheyenne. They got to get themselves in some place to stay, hotel or whatever. They need meals, fuel, stuff like that. So we, the taxpayers, take care of that for them so they can do the job. So it's at not at their expense. And they're wanting a bump in the per diem. Senate File 61 would bump their per diem to $109 a day. And so that's what the debate is about. Do they give themselves a bit of a bump? And part of the reason food prices are up, gas prices are up, everything's up. Current, they get $98 a day. Um, let me see, general, and then there's like $59 for meals and stuff like that. And Okay, so they want to bump it up a bit. Uh, lawmakers could expense up to $157 per day. There's also 52 state boards and commissioners, so they want more. So there's a guy, Representative Mike Yin. He's a Democrat. Now, there's only two places that we're going to get a Democrat from in the Wyoming House of Representatives. If you guessed Jackson, you'd be correct. So he took a look at it and said, well, if you're against voting for the per diem hike, then if it passes, you shouldn't get it. Now, I can go ahead and argue that one way or the other. That's not what gets me. There's a picture of him sitting here on at his little desk on the floor of the House of Representatives. And he I got to admit, nice shirt, nice jacket, not so hot on the tie, but it does match anyway. And he's sitting there, the only person on the floor of the House of Representatives, wearing a face mask. All right. Back when face masks were, you know, I, I even questioned the governor about this. Back during the whole COVID thing, when they were saying face masks were mandatory all over Wyoming. They, every, pretty, pretty much every single county, not everyone, but pretty much, 
had passed some kind of an ordinance or law. Towns did as well. Face masks are mandatory in public, and yet they weren't enforced. The police refused to ticket anyone. Prosecutors refused to prosecute it. And then when the Wyoming House and Senate, right in the middle of the whole COVID thing, was in session, the only people wearing face masks were the Democrats. Nobody else was. And so I had to ask the governor at one point when I had him on the air, do we really have a mask mandate in Wyoming? If even in the House and Senate, you know, they're not wearing them and nobody's enforcing us. And he had to admit, no, I guess we really don't. Well, that's all over with. I mean, that's long past, long time ago. And there's this one guy that I see anyway in the picture that I'm looking here. There's this one guy wearing a face mask and nobody else is. Look, I'm no hero. I'm just doing what I'd expect anyone else to do for me. Any decent person anyway. My name is Carlos Ronaldo Jr. And I wear a mask when I'm alone in my car. Still, in the current year, I'm sure I've saved lives. Look, I'm just an ordinary guy who wears a mask when there's no one around for miles. I'm following the science. When people see me driving around like this, a lot of them assume I'm like an Uber driver or something and the company is making me wear it. But no, I do this on purpose. You're welcome. I just find a real sense of satisfaction in knowing that Ah, shucks, I even hate to say it, but that I'm just a way better person than everyone else. And I drive a Honda Fit. You know, all it would take for us to beat this pandemic that ended years ago is for all of us to just chip in and mask up, even when we're locked in a steel and glass box for literally hours, alone. Sometimes when I let the pandemic get me down, I like to think of this phrase that I thought of and came up with myself when I was driving around in my Honda Fit. We're all in this together. So I just wonder, I'm just thinking out loud here. So Mr. Yin, who is a representative Democrat from Jackson Hole, he drives all the way back to Jackson, which is way, I mean, you're talking Cheyenne, bottom right-hand corner of the state, and Jackson's way out west. The only way you can get farther would be Yellowstone itself, right? Do you think he wears that mask the entire time he's driving back alone in his vehicle? I don't know. But I do know if you're sitting up, you can go visit the... Wyoming Capitol is yours. As a citizen, it's yours. You can just walk right in. Don't worry about it. You don't need passes or anything like that. So you can go right upstairs and sit in the gallery, which I've done, and just watch what's going on down there. And if you're wondering, so who are the Democrats and who are the Republicans? Well, now you know who's wearing a mask. 642, wake up, Wyoming. This weather update. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. is the time, wake up, Wyoming. I would say off to the icebox. I mean, I still can. But it's warmer where you are, Frank, than it is outside. So, Well, it's it's boiling in here today. Is it really? Okay. Wow, okay. Back to well, the steam room. I, well, it depends what your your temperature gauge is. Okay. Like, the car said minus 11. Right. The bank mm-hmm. said minus 24. Right. The internet said 
minus 17. Right. Now, the official temperature for where you're at is minus 18 right now. But I always have to say it depends on where you are. Because as you know, you get into a lower-lying area. It's going to be colder. It's where the cold settles. You go up on the mountain near you, and it's going to actually be warmer up there. Right. It's so the inversion thing. Yes, yeah. So yeah and, and, and the snowfall, too. I mean, I thought there was more, like in the Casper area, more, more downtown. Uh-huh. than where I lived on the east side. Yeah, it can vary quite a bit. In fact, there are some people, like at Laramie, really didn't get a whole lot of snow yesterday. And yet, if you went just outside of Laramie, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> you know, they were just buried. But they were just because of the way the the wind was blowing, Laramie was in one of these null areas where not a lot fell. So, Good it, for them. Yeah, yeah. So here's one for you, Frank. Um Florida man, so you know where I'm going already, right? Arrested for reportedly tossing a gator into a Wendy's. Into the Wendy's. Jupiter, Florida man, arrested for throwing a live alligator into a Wendy's restaurant drive-thru. He's 23 years old, charged with aggravated assault. So just so you know, throwing an alligator at someone is aggravated assault. Well, yeah, the alligator is a deadly weapon, is it not? Well, actually, it is... Uh, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. He captured a smaller alligator that he could lift and then went over there and just threw through the window. Uh, mad about them for something, anyway. And then, of course, there's animal cruelty charges and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you, that would be akin to here in Wyoming if you picked up a rattler right, and, threw and it tossed it. it at someone. Same thing. He's a moron. State High School Wrestling Tournament begins this morning at the Ford Center in Casper. The girls will take center stage. They'll wrestle all day through the semifinal round, and the girls' finals will be tomorrow night. The third and fifth place matches in the Constellation semifinals also will be tomorrow. This is the first year that girls' wrestling is a sanctioned sport in Wyoming, with over 200 ladies participating statewide, and that number could double next year. The tournament will have a double elimination format after a single elimination format bracket was scrapped. The Boys State Wrestling Tournament will begin tomorrow morning and run through Saturday at the Ford Center in Casper. In high school basketball, the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools will be tonight as Detroit will host Kelly Walsh. The NC girls are 9-12 and 12 and the KW girls are 4-14. and 14. That will start at 6 o'clock. The boys game will follow around 7.30. The NC boys are 9-11 and 11 and the KW boys are 7-11. and 11. The 1A and 2A Regional Basketball Tournament start today statewide. The 2A East Regional will will be in Sundance and Moorcroft. On the boys' side, Pine Bluffs will play at Sundance uh, tonight at 8.30. Burns will play Tongue River at 5.30 at Moorcroft. On the girls' side, at 8.30 in Moorcroft. On the girls' side, Pine Bluffs will play right at 4 p.m. this afternoon in Sundance. And the Burns girls will meet Tongue River at 5.30 in Moorcroft. The 1A East Regional is in Buffalo. The Midwest boys will play Southeast at 1.30 this afternoon. The KC boys take on Guernsey Sunrise at 7. And the KC girls will play 8.00. HEM at 9 this morning, and those regional tournaments will run through Saturday. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home tonight to take on Nevada. The Cowgirls are having a really nice season. 18-9 overall, 11-5 in Mountain West Conference play, and Nevada's mediocre. 9-17 and overall, 6-9 in league play. That is a 6-30 start from the AA in Laramie tonight. The Cowgirls will host Colorado State on Saturday night. The Wyoming Cowboys will be at CSU tomorrow night. Also in high school athletics, the state Nordic Ski Championships will begin tomorrow in Jackson. The state Alpine Skiing Championships for the Prepsters will be next weekend in Jackson. That's it in sports. So, okay, as you were saying yesterday, everybody who's going to participate must already be there. Yeah, you're, you're already, because, they, they will be already here unless yeah. you're 
you know, like Glen Rock or Douglas or right. something yeah. like that. Because uh, road conditions, Wyoming is still closed. Yeah, so like the girls will wrestle today, uh-huh. and they'll they're here. Let's okay. go. This is it's a, it's an exciting time. This is the first time they've had their own sa- sa- sanctioned state tournament. Really? Oh, cool. You know, okay. so uh, people, it, it, it's awesome. Well, and we know of one young lady. In fact, our own Prairie wife has a daughter yes. who's just Chilling kicking there. butt and taking names. I've seen her pictures of her proud mom showing pictures of her daughter with all these trophies. She could so. be a state champion. Uh, possibly, the way she's going. They, they could have a parade right downtown Glenrock. Right in the middle of it. All right. Well, that wouldn't take long. <laughs> no. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Here's the thing. Parades in small towns don't take a whole lot of time. You're just going to do it across town, right? How long does it take to walk across town? Yeah, a couple minutes. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local. That weather forecast, you know, what is it? Cold, but sunny, but cold. Let's wake up, Wyoming. where I'm at right now. That's that dip in temperatures as the sun starts to come up and everybody's doing about the same thing. Most people are minus 20-something. A few areas are a little above. Some areas a little below, but most everybody's in the minus 20-something degrees right now. And it's not going to get much warmer today. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's cold. Yeah, she bleeped that for a good reason. And the word that she used that she bleeped was appropriate for what we're talking about here. So let's take a look at the roads real quick. I-25 from Cheyenne all the way up to KC. Closed. I-80 from Cheyenne all the way over to Rock Springs, closed. Most roads in the middle of the state, highways and so on, vast majority of them, closed. Other roads on the fringes starting to open up, but it is white-knuckle driving, and almost everybody is minus 20-something or worse. There's a few places a bit warmer, but not a whole lot. I will have all things going well. Your Wyoming representative, Harriet Hageman, she's visiting the southern border in Arizona. And hopefully when she's done, she'll be able to bring some warm weather with her. But okay, that's where she is. And she, all things going well, will give us a call. Let's see, is it sometime this? Let's see, I'll send you to ha to ha. I'm just taking a look at the uh, notes, Miss Mary. So it's in the... uh, 7 o'clock, when was that, Miss Mary? Was it 7.20? Yeah, 7.20 you said to me, right? All right, so hopefully 7.20 she gives us a call and we talk about the southern border. All right, so real quick, you'll like this story. We had a big fight in this past year, last year especially, all not just here in Wyoming, but all across the country, where parents were standing up and asking, what is this pornographic material you're trying to get into our schools? especially the libraries. 
And we talked about it. Natrona County had a big fight over that, plus some other counties around Wyoming. And some parents said that their First Amendment rights were being violated, not in Wyoming, but in other places. A school district was forced to pay $100,000 in legal fees after banning moms from exposing pornographic material at school board meetings. Forsyth County School District agreed to pay attorney's fees, not in Wyoming, attorney fees in a federal lawsuit brought by a group of parents who were censored during the school board meeting. The group called the Mama Bears claimed the federal lawsuit is their First Amendment rights were violated in the case because, well, the legal representation, Institute for Free Speech is what helped them with that lawsuit. The Mama Bears settled the federal suit against the Georgia School District after one of the group's members was barred from reading sexually explicit excerpts from the book. And we've talked about this before. Parents have gotten up in front of school boards and what is this doing in the school library? Why is this being handed out in the classroom? And then they open up the book and they go to read from it. And the school board shuts them down. You can't read from that. That's inappropriate. Then what's it doing in our libraries and our schools? Well, okay. Quote, free shifting is an important value. Civil rights. Uh, they talk about the uh, wrongdoers in this case, which is the school board. What gets me is, yeah, the school board pays a hundred some thousand dollars in fines. But, and, and and maybe they'll let people speak after that. But that's really doesn't go after the people who shut them down. As far as I'm concerned, you got to make it personal. Who specifically shut them down? Because this is paid by the taxpayers, not by the people who did it. The court also enjoined the district and all affiliate parties from prohibiting the plaintiffs uh, or anyone else who wants to stand up during the meeting and read directly from a book that's in the school. So think about this then. Because I've been talking about this for a couple of years. It's been happening around the country where, again, a, a parent will get up. What is this doing in our school library? What is it doing in the classroom? They open up the book and they go to read directly from it and are shut down because it's pornographic. Then what is it in the school for? And the, the court is saying if they're reading directly from the book, then you can't stop them for, for saying something that's inappropriate. It's a book that the school board allowed in the school. So you have to let them do it. You can't stop them. And it was all over the country where parents were stopped from doing that. The microphones were turned off. They were escort, escorted out of, I can't say the word this morning, out of the building in some cases. One woman was interrupted by a board member for reading more text from the book, extremely loud and incredibly close. In other words, they turned off her mic and she just got louder. Uh, she demanded to use her allotted time to speak during the public comment period as since she was cut off by a board member. The attempted reading of the book the second time, yeah, that's where, again, they the school board tried to take action against her. So this parent sued, and the Institute for Free Speech helped them with this. Okay, so according to the Institute for Free Speech, a federal judge has ruled... The public participation policy is unconstitutional to bar parents. Well, in other words, the school board's job is to ensure the rights of the parents, not to block their rights. 
Quote, our board voted on a settlement agreement this month, said the school in a statement. The payment for legal fees was handled by our insurance company. Okay, so they're insured against stuff like this. The board voted on new public participation policies as approved Monday by removing language that said speakers must conduct themselves respectfully. They also eliminated a rule that speakers do not address board members individually. And that's another thing. I, I have to agree with that one, too. Um, if I if I go up, let's say I'm a parent and I go up to talk to the school board and I have a problem with one particular school board member, then I should be able to call that person out by name and talk directly to them and to say, well, you can't do that. Of course I can. And that's what the judge is saying. Of course they can call a specific school board member out. And that's what now this school board is saying. Okay, we'll allow that. Parents across country, paying close attention, this course said uh, school boards are challenging curricula that they deem to be, more than anything else, just inappropriate. So it's not, and we had this talk here in Wyoming, it's not so much that they're teaching something you may or may not agree with. It's the material itself is really inappropriate to be in a school. In some cases, just flat out pornographic. 714, wake up Wyoming. Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Coming up on 720, it's Wake Up Wyoming. I have an actual picture here of your Wyoming representative, Harriet Hageman, bum-tackling someone who's trying to cross the border illegally. I'm so glad you decided to head down there and handle it personally, Harriet. Well, somebody has to. Somebody has to. Are you on the southern border right now? I am. I'm down in, in Yuma, Arizona. Okay. So you've decided to go out down there and have a look. Are you with a group of people? Both, yes. Uh, it's the Judiciary Committee. Okay. So I think as we've talked before, I was appointed to the Judiciary Committee, and we're holding hearings on the border uh, related to the border crisis. It was interesting. I was meeting with law enforcement and Border Patrol people last last night. Um, they're absolutely ecstatic that we're here. I, was, I wasn't necessarily surprised by their reaction, but I was surprised by the fact that they said, nobody comes down here and sees the disaster that's been created. It's been years since there has been an opportunity for a hearing like this for real people to come and talk to us about what's going on on the border. And when the president was down there a little while ago, he really didn't get to see what you're seeing. They whitewashed it for him. Well, yeah, the photographs were, were stark in terms of their contrast mm. between what we saw in El Paso prior to his visit and then what they did in terms of moving the homeless and the, and the illegal immigrants out uh, so that he could walk along a nice, clean street and pretend that nothing was happening. Okay, so where did they bring you to show you that something is happening? We're in the what they call the Yuma sector, so we're far southwest Arizona. We went out last night, late, um, but they also said that now it seems that people are coming in two, three, or two or three o'clock in the morning. We went out about eleven thirty last night. We didn't see anything except we got to see where the wall, we got to see where the wall works. We got to see the design. We were shown all of the materials that have been laying there rotting since Joe Biden took office. Uh, we saw the gaps in the wall. It was very interesting. We were driving along the uh, a canal down here. This is a huge ag area. 
um, lots of lettuce and cauliflower and broccoli and dates and just a huge, huge ag area. So it, it's crisscrossed with quite a few canals and, and ditches and things. And we were driving along a canal last night and we came to probably a 50 foot gap in the wall that has been there since the day that Joe Biden took mm-hmm. office. Literally, it was within a couple of days, if not a day, of being finished. He put, put uh, sent out the order of no more construction. That 50-foot gap is what they refer to as a hot spot, and people just pour through it. I'm talking to your Wyoming representative, Harriet Hegman, who's on our southern border right now. So let's take a look at what it's like, not just for the farms and ranches, but the towns down there, because they're being overrun. Well, we're going to go visit a hospital this morning, and I don't know if you've read. I read last week there is in the hospital here in Yuma, they are facing closure. They have $26 million of unpaid bills from treating illegal aliens. Um, They are having, they've had a 125% increase in capacity uh, related to pregnancy-related issues and being able to deliver babies. they are, it, it is truly a crisis of massive, massive proportions. They contacted the federal government, they contacted DHS, they have contacted and requested funding, uh, and, and the federal government has just basically said, pound sand, we're not giving you a dime. So it's bizarre to me that the federal government, Joe Biden's administration, creates this crisis. It's the local people who suffer the consequences, and then they wash their hands of it and pretend it's not happening. We're also going to visit a food bank today that distributes massive amounts of food. One other thing that we heard last night is that when they come across, they they uh, they will go to particular locations. They're instructed of where to go. They all have cell phones. They all have maps. They're instructed of where to go, or they're dropped off on the other side of, of the wall or, or the other side of the border. They're told where to go. There are buses that are lined up waiting to meet them, to take them in and process them. With our Border Patrol folks last night, they were telling us that usually you've got a Border Patrol agent about every one mile as they're, as they're uh, uh, working the, the, the border. There were none. We saw a couple of trucks out there last night looking for footprints, things like that. They're processing. That's the only thing that they have time to do. They're not They're not patrolling our border at all. They're processing illegal immigrants coming into this country. So I don't expect to get a good answer for this, but I'm going to try. So what's the press coverage like? Are they there? And if they are covering it, is it actually getting on television and other news media? Because I haven't seen anything. They are, I believe, Fox News. I want to say his name is Bill Malugin, but I'm not sure if I butchered that name or not. He was with us last night. There were a couple of other members of the press. One of them was from one of the big three. I don't don't know if it's NBC, CBS, or ABC. But there was someone from there, and then there was at least one other member of the press. There might have been more. Um, But they're not covering it. And ironically enough, even though it's Biden that created this disaster, the Democrats on the committee are boycotting this trip. They have refused to come down here with us and engage in the discussion, and I think that that speaks volumes. If you want to defend, if you believe in an open border, then come down here and defend it. Defend it in Yuma. Defend it to the United States. Defend it to everybody in this country. If you believe in it, defend it. Um, But the Democrats are literally boycotting a United States Congress Judiciary Committee hearing because they don't like the topic. So after you get done taking your tour, what can those of you who showed up do to change the situation? 
So we're going to be drafting legislation. Uh, we're also going to be looking at, frankly, we're looking at impeachment articles against Mayorkas. Um, I've been reading and going back through his oath of office. I've been looking at his area of responsibility and authority. He has clearly completely abdicated his responsibility of keeping the border safe and addressing immigration issues. That's one of the things that we have to look at. There have to be consequences for these kinds of uh, of actions. and. This isn't failed policy. I talk a lot about failed policy. Joe Biden's energy in, uh, uh, policy is, a, is failed policy. The Green New Deal is failed policy, although intentional. This down here is also intentional, and it's not failed policy on their part. This is what they intend to do. I don't know why the level of cruelty is stunning. Talking to these gentlemen, and all of them were gentlemen last night. I didn't visit with any female Border Patrol agents, but talking to these folks down here, um, the, the level of cruelty that they are seeing from the drug cartels bringing these people across. And I, one thing that struck me last night was a gentleman said that nobody crosses the border unless the cartel allows it. Mm. So let's just say that you're, you know, Joe Smith and you live down in in southern Mexico and you want to come to Yuma, Arizona. You cannot get here unless you pay off someone in the, in, in a cartel. And if you can't pay them off then no, you're going to be a, if you can't pay them off you're going to be a mule for their drugs. You are. That's exactly what they do. So we visited with the sheriff a couple of weeks ago. He testified, and they have a the, the cartels have created actually a price list, and depending on what country you come from, it determines how much you pay to be brought across that border. So if you're from India, you may pay twenty one thousand dollars. If you're from Venezuela, you may pay seven thousand dollars. But it's always much more money than you have. And at that point, you sign an agreement. You agree that you will do whatever it is that they tell you you have to do in order to pay off that additional money. So if you pay $3,000 in cash and you owe $15,000, you're going to be a drug runner. You're going to be a human trafficker. You're going to engage in prostitution. You're going to be sex trafficked. Every person who comes across that border pays a fee to the cartels to come here, and then they are subjected to, at least if not a life, a long time of servitude to the cartels. It is a criminal enterprise, the likes of which I have never in my life seen, and I never imagined my country would be complicit in it. I'm talking with Harriet Hegeman, your Wyoming representative who's on the southern border. People want to track what you're doing down there on the border. Is there any place they can go to see what you've been up to? You bet. You, you can go to my uh, official website for uh, Hegeman for Congress. Harry, I think it's Harriet for Congress or Harriet in Congress, something like that. Harriet in House. Um, you can go to my Facebook. We also will be releasing, I'm fairly certain we're going to be releasing a press release, giving more descriptors, more information about what I'm doing down here. But, you know, seeing things firsthand is very, very important, no matter what it is you do. As an attorney, I have always been a strong advocate of site inspections and field trips and going and sitting down and understanding how factories work and what you do when you're operating reservoirs and things. This is no different. If you want to understand what is going on on our southern border, and I think that our political leaders should, they need to come down here and see it. Harriet, thank you for coming on this morning. Very important time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Coming up on Local News, update on the weather forecast right after that. You and I get back into it again. Just wake up my own. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio.
time to 7.36. It's Wake Up Wyoming. If you just missed it, I'm probably going to replay that interview on Friday because she was so good. Your Wyoming representative, Harriet Hegeman, is at the southern border and has been touring it and had a lot to say. Well, following up on that, Dr. John Mansell is up in Gillette, Wyoming. Morning, John. Hey, good morning, Glenn. So you were sending me notes here about the problems with the hospitals on the border. So it's actually, it's more uh, pronounced on the border, but it exists across the country. Okay. If we have uh, someone who's an illegal um, immigrant who comes in, undocumented, whatever whatever the politically correct term is this week, um, and they show up at the emergency room, the hospital is required under federal law called IMTALA that they have to take care of them. They're not allowed to send them away even right. if they are not legitimately in country. And when they do that, um, obviously that costs money, the labor, the medicines, everything else. And so hospitals like the one in Yuma are just devastated by this. And we are seeing it across the country. There are uh, hospitals in uh, Wyoming who will actually see patients who shouldn't be here. And as a result, they're not reimbursed. And so it stresses them financially. So I'm going to be really... So add 5 million people who are getting health care that don't pay for it, and you can see how hospitals across the country are stressed. So I'm going to ask this question, and I know I'm going to be disappointed in the answer, but here we go. So if some illegals show up, again and again and again they show up, it just is a never-ending revolving door here, and they're causing these local hospitals a lot of financial problems. Well, the problem came from the federal government not enforcing border law. So wouldn't the federal government help them out uh, financially? Well, they would claim that they are. They have a program called the DISH program where they they claim that hospitals that have a disproportionate number of people that don't get reimbursed for, uh, that they give them extra money. But the amount of money is tiny compared to the actual expense that's there. And another frustrating thing here is that the question of uh, should a hospital actually notify the authorities is a very complex question. It's not an obvious or easy question, um, number one. And number two, some of the people that show up at the hospital uh, actually are there involuntarily because they've been human trafficked. And so one study in Texas recently showed that uh, roughly 88% of the human traffic victims that we know are here, because obviously there's some that we don't, um, actually come into the emergency room at some point in time while they're still being held captive by coyotes or drug cartels. So it's it's not an easy question. We're not trying to make the illegal immigrant a bad person because sometimes they're a kidnapped person. But it still is devastating to the hospitals, and obviously hospitals are critical infrastructure for every community. So we really are desperate for a solution to keep the hospitals from going out of business because of this problem. And since your federal government is transporting people all over the country, I think that probably just exacerbates it. Yes, that's what I mean. They're spreading it out so it's not as obvious, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still uh, obvious to hospitals across the country because they're starting to see the numbers increase. Okay, so that will greatly affect what happens financially locally at your hospital. And from what you've been telling me in the past, hospitals, especially rural ones, are having trouble as it is. Well, we broke a record for rural hospital closures last year in the United States. And two years ago, about 50% of hospitals in the U.S. lost money. Last year, uh, the full year it was measured, it was 70%. So this is not obviously moving us in the right direction. 
Okay. So I guess, uh, what do you do when the person's done at the hospital? I mean, they've come in. Uh, obviously, they're not in this country legally, but you're not going to turn them away. You do what you've got to do, and then what? Do they just walk out and disappear? Uh, that's that's one of the ways it happens, yeah. Okay. All right. I just kind of wondered what happened to them afterwards because no one's tracking them when they're when they're arriving, and it doesn't seem like they're being tracked after they've left because I haven't heard of anyone from a hospital calling the authorities and saying, hey, I have a, a ward here filled with people who are not in this country legally. Well, I mean, we still have the medical privacy laws. We yeah. uh, are constrained that we don't need to be uh, – uh, calling authorities uh, if we feel that they're under imminent threat. I believe there yeah. are, and I'm not an attorney, so I'll take this with the appropriate poundage of salt. But if we feel like they're under uh, immediate threat or in some way held involuntarily, um, then we have the option to do that. But even okay. then, I think we have to get the permission of the person. All right. Thank you for calling in, John. Appreciate it. 741, Wake Up Wyoming. It matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 747, the time off. We go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Don, I step outside, my face hurts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So cold, your face hurts. <laughs> exactly I've been there. right, yeah. And all over Wyoming, temperatures are just, I mean, spread pretty much evenly except for some of the higher elevations but okay at least you know you've heard it's uh it's hot out but it's a dry heat well it's cold out but it's uh, a calm cold a calm dry cold yes it is yeah so that's not oh, too bad i guess but okay then we have to get out of this and this is what worries me about your forecast because we today we can clean up but then what happens well, we can't clean up. Uh, it's still going to be really bitter cold, and many areas tonight are also going to drop below zero, although not as cold as what we're experiencing right now. Uh, the, the concern is going to be the wind, and it always is after a snow event with an Arctic front like this. Um, I don't see the winds getting too crazy, but the problem is, is we don't need a lot of wind to transport this snow uh, that has come in here recently. And this is very important, Glenn, is, is that a lot of the snow that has come in that has fallen across, especially the central and the south central and southwest parts of Wyoming, came in on a northeast wind. Okay, so the 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 strong northeast winds have caused a lot of drifting on roads and highways on the basically, especially on east-west roads. Uh, onto the other side of the road, when the wind direction changes and comes from the southwest, okay, that snow is going to get transported back across the road again, but in a different direction. And and so that is part of the equation. So with the winds picking up, there'll be parts of Wyoming, not everywhere, but the, the usual suspects, I-25, 2026 to Shoshone through Muddy Gap, Shirley Basin. Then, of course, Interstate 80. Yeah. Those areas are going to have blowing snow at times really starting tomorrow and continuing into Sunday. So that's going to be the biggest travel headache. Is there any really significant new snow coming? No, there is going to be a little bit of snow activity in the west and south later today and tonight and over the weekend, but not much on the plains. It's going to be the wind. Mm. I just thought of something. When you're saying that the wind comes from the opposite direction on a storm like we had yesterday, that means all the snow fences are facing the wrong way. Well, yeah, you put snow fences up along the prevailing yeah. winds, which makes perfect sense. But, but when you get an, an extreme, <laughs> when you when you get an extreme event like this, you push that snow over there, and this is really a, you know the biggest problem with this 
is is on the east west roadways yeah um and we see this you know you get into these stretches you know people just go you know why does i-80 have so many problems is there anybody knows that i-80's got snow fences all over them yes yeah, yeah okay but not on both sides of the road right uh we'll spend more time on it tomorrow because i know you got to take a good look at giving extra day to take a look at the forecast but just real quick next week's not looking all that much better huh no, we've got a, a yeah. system due midweek, and we've got another system due next week. All right. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Don Day with Dave. Well, I just thought about that for the first time while talking to Don Day. Sometimes, you know, the, the way the storms move, the wind swirls around, and we get hit from the opposite direction. So that means, Frank, yesterday, all of the snow fences were facing the wrong way. Glenn. Yes. Let's put it this way. Uh-huh. Winter sucks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's all this winter, you need to This know. winter sucks. But, okay, wait. I'll, I'll give you the silver lining. We need the wet. No, 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 no. I don't even want to hear about it. Oh, you, you don't you, want to you, hear that? You, you, you saw that video on I-80 where the truck nearly hit the, the wet. Uh, the oh, yeah, yeah. Guy. But our reservoirs uh, wait, wait, are it, filling. What? Nice. Oh, does okay. that mean we're not going to burn this summer? D- I hope so. All righty, then. State High School Wrestling Tournament will start this morning at the Ford Center in Casper. The girls will take the center stage. They'll wrestle all day through the semifinal round, and the girls' finals will be tomorrow night. The third and fifth place matches in the Constellation semifinal matches will be tomorrow as well for the ladies. This is the first year girls' wrestling is a sanctioned sport in Wyoming with over 200 girls participating statewide. The tournament will have a double elimination format after a single elimination format was scrapped. The boys' state wrestling tournament will begin tomorrow and run through Saturday at the Ford Center in Casper. In high school basketball, the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools will be tonight as Natrona will host Kelly Walsh. The NC girls are 9-12. and 12. The KW girls are 4-14. and 14. That will start at 6 o'clock. The boys game will follow at 7.30. The NC boys are 9-11 and 11 and the KW boys are 7-11. Tomorrow, East and Central boys and girls at the Story Gym. Uh, that'll be tomorrow night. In 1A and 2A regional basketball, the, the, those regional tournaments start today, stay wide. The 2A East will be in Sundance and Moorcroft. On the boys' side, Pine Bluffs will play at Sundance at 8.30 tonight. Burns will play Tongue River at 8.30 at Moorcroft. On the girls' side, Pine Bluffs will play right at 4 this afternoon in Sundance. The Burns girls will meet Tongue River at 5.30 at Moorcroft. The first round of the 1A East Regional will be in Buffalo starting today. The Midwest boys will play Southeast at 1.30 this afternoon. And the KC boys will take on Guernsey at 7 p.m. The KC girls are playing Hannah Elk Mountain at 9 this morning, and those regional tournaments will run through Saturday. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls at home tonight to make on Nevada. The Cowgirls having a really nice season at 18-9 overall, 11-5 in Mountain West Conference play. Nevada's been a mediocre at best, 9-17 overall, and 6-19 in the league play. It's a 6-30 start from the AA in Laramie tonight. The Cowgirls will host Colorado State on Saturday night. Wyoming Cowboys will be at CSU tomorrow night in Fort Collins. High school athletics, um, also in high school athletics, the State Nordic Ski Championship will begin tomorrow in Jackson. The State Alpine Ski Championships will be next weekend in Jackson. That's it in sports. Okay, so all sorts of... This, this is perfect because it's kind of snow that we got. Did you check it out? It was all light and fluffy. So here we have all these ski events. Oh, the, the, the ski thing. The, oh, I, 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 you know, let, let's put it... You know, obviously yeah. the people who ski and they snowmobile, they're right. loving this. Right. You know, yep, those the people, rest of us... Yeah, they'll have to dig it out. <laughs> you know, I mean, they yes. can get there and, and, uh-huh. and enjoy this. I mean, that's what that's part of Wyoming's lore. Is I have a out there. You might really enjoy this. I wake up Wyoming site. The city of Gillette Police Department decided to get serious. I think that's a joke. Did you know that, that, that has got to no, be no, a photoshopped no, no, deal? That is a real thing. 
you can actually purchase those. I included in the story a video. There's folks for your tires. You can get tracks for each tire, like, you know, tracks like you would have on a tank. Frank, there's a video on how those things work and someone's driving up on them. It's the Gillette real. Police Department has a vehicle yes. like that? No, you just... It has regular tires, but you right. drive up onto the tracks and attach them. Okay. And then drive off. they That's a real thing, Frank. It's a real thing. It is. I would go check out the article and watch. You'll be amazed. Okay. It's so cool. Okay. I want some. Coming up on some... No, not Photoshop. Coming up on some local business. News time. Weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I just last hour had a really good interview with your Wyoming representative in Washington, D.C., Harriet Hageman, who's with the Judiciary Committee. She's on the southern border right now. Dynamite interview. I will replay that again tomorrow. But remember now, you don't have to wait if you ever want to hear an interview. When this program's over, it becomes a podcast. And so you can go to the Wake Up Wyoming site. And just hit touch on demand on the toolbar there and then go ahead and listen anytime you want to that. It was a really good interview about what's happening on the southern border. All right, real quick, road conditions. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there and we needed a break. It's Cold. Yeah. day. I step outside, my face hurts. Oh, it's really cold out there. Pretty, pretty much everybody's in the negative numbers and negative double digits. It's not uncommon to see like negative twenty something or low negative thirty something. So it's really cold out there right now. But at least it's calm, right? I was telling Don Day, you know, there's you hear people say it's it's hot, but it's a dry heat. Well, it's cold, but it's a calm, dry cold. So at least you know negative something. Doesn't feel as bad as when it's like positive 21, but windy. That's miserable. All right. Road conditions. If you want to get from Cheyenne up to KC, forget about it. Back and forth there. That's close. Midwest. Sorry, Midwest. You're stuck where you are. Now, if you want to get from KC North on 25, you can, but they'd rather you didn't. It's white knuckle driving. Cheyenne, all the way to Rock Springs, close. From Rock Springs through Green River on over to Evanston, that's open. But again, they'd rather you didn't. There's other highways around the central part of Wyoming, up and down back highways that are all just closed. Now, if you're on, let's say you're east of I-25, roads are open, but be very careful. North of Douglas, heading up, let's say, 59 from Douglas to right to Gillette, and I-90, all open, but again, be very careful out there. If you are around Thermopolis, Shoshone, even if you want to go from Casper to Shoshone or back, you can. All of those roads, anything else that I didn't mention, is open. But be very careful, please, because it is serious bad out there right now. At least it's not blowing snow. That'll start happening tomorrow. 
But you understand the conditions if you've been here long enough on that. Okay, so I got more to talk to you about, but we have one more disclaimer at this time because it's open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 888-97-WODS, or you can use the Wake Up Wyoming app which you can find for free at your app store. And on the toolbar that runs across the middle when you open up the app, you'll see the chat option. People send me text messages all day. So um, I talked about this early this morning. I have to mention this again for those of you just joining me. So I came across a – this is from the companies that make electric vehicles. As you know, they lose a lot of range when it's this cold out there, or even just in the negative numbers. Even even when it gets just below freezing, they start having distance problems. So these electric vehicle companies offered a solution. Now, you're going to love this. Leave the vehicle plugged in, but then turn it on and let the cab warm up. In other words, warm up the vehicle. Then unplug it and go for a drive, and it'll get longer range because it's not trying to heat up the cabin unplugged. For those of you who are driving the internal combustion engine, remember, you've been told, don't warm up your vehicle. Well, you're contributing to climate change if you do. So these people with electric vehicles leaving it plugged in and warming up their vehicles, they're not contributing? Well, again, it's not a zero-emissions vehicle. Right now, you, if you're nice and toasty inside, you're not nice and toasty because of wind and solar. They're not helping you right now. It's natural gas, and it's cold that's keeping you warm. And if you have an electric vehicle that's on the charger, that's what's doing it. And then I began to wonder about electric vehicle charging. Think about where you live. Now, some of you are listening to me live way out in the middle of nowhere. But let's picture some of the towns like uh, like Gillette and Cheyenne and Casper and, you know, Lander and we can go on and on, you know, whatever town you might be in. Okay. Think about how many cars are parked outside, even in a place like Wyoming. How many cars are parked outside? If you live in neighborhoods, you see a lot of cars parked on the street, even in the wintertime. They have nowhere else to go. A lot of vehicles today. And so people park wherever they can. In fact, think about parking lots for people who live in apartment buildings. And all those cars are parked outside in front of the apartment buildings. Those are big parking lots with a lot of cars parked outside. Now, they're going to want to charge their vehicles overnight. How many extension cords are we talking running how long to charge all of those vehicles overnight? Especially when it gets really cold and it gets difficult to charge overnight. Yeah. Then they got to get up in the morning and warm their vehicles up just like you do, according to these instructions here. And they're going to claim, well, at least my vehicle's zero emissions. No, it's not. Think about where that power's coming from. But then they're going to have to go out to their vehicles 
and think the electric cord is going to be covered in snow and ice. They have these long extension cords out to their vehicles. Those people parked on the street, in their driveways, out in front of their apartment buildings, all these long extensions. If everybody had an electric vehicle, think of how many extension cords are we talking here. Now they're going to have to get out there and unplug. And what? I guess just leave the cord under all the snow and ice? However that's going to work, I don't know. But I don't see this working really well right now unless they come up with some other solution. Just remember now, you were told if you have an internal combustion engine, you were told, don't warm your vehicle. You're contributing to climate change. Well, talk to electric vehicle owners about it because I would think they're kind of doing the same thing, aren't they? Coming up at 815, Wake Up Wyoming. Your morning travel. Your day with Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Teams, the time it's wake up my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me, Terrier Gal for Collins. Right, electric vehicles tend to produce quite a bit of heat while they are recharging. Many of them keep our garage warm, though not hot. The heat from those cars outside obviously are generating heat into the atmosphere, consequently contributing to global. We could use some of that global warming right now. Yeah. Uh, Jim and Laramie, how many people are going to drive off with their cars plugged in? Yeah, actually, I think about that. It is a rare thing. Occasionally, when someone is filling up their gas tank and they drive off and forgot to put the thing back on and they end up driving down the road with the hose hanging out, that's happened on occasion. But what he's talking about is, so imagine someone plugs in their vehicle overnight. And then they get up to go to work in the morning, and they forgot that they left their vehicle charging overnight, and they drive off. He's right. It's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to San Francisco because um, they've run into a little bit of reality, and it sucks. People with flowers in their San Francisco did something to help a neighborhood overrun with prostitution. And naturally, people are pretty upset. City workers moved to replace metal and wood traffic barriers on Cap Street. 
with concrete ones over the weekend in another effort to slow prostitution. On the street known for its sex trade, residents complained about the issue it created outside of their homes. So prostitution happening right outside, right in front. Could you do something about it? All right, we'll put up barriers. The new barriers on cap between the end of 18th, well, you know, never mind. We don't know San Francisco. Come just over a week after the city installed more temporary plastic gates at behest of the District 9 supervisor and their office. So the legislative aides said the new barriers are not permanent, but they're needed. they need to install heavier barricades because the small ones keep getting run over and moved. So that's the idea to stop prostitution, just erect big barriers. Some of these barriers are actually closing roads. Story says, Cap Street in San Francisco, long area, long, long time prostitution area. But now pimps and their customers and cars congregating overnight. Recently, neighbors who live on one stretch of the street have complained about the situation because it's gotten so bad. There are traffic women walking around nearly half naked all day, all night. Well, it's San Francisco. There's naked people walking around all the time. The And as I've always said this, I've said this since I was a teenager. My sister, sister dear, if you're still listening, the first time I went out to Bowman's Beach by myself. And remember, Bowman's Beach on Sanibel was a nude beach for a while. I didn't know. And I walked out there and I looked around and went, wow, okay. And that's what I thought to myself for the first time. And I was just a teenager. And I said to myself, you know, the people who like to get naked in public are never the people you want to see naked. And I would bet that's the case in San Francisco. The customers race up and down the street looking for someone to hire for their uh, get-together. In many parts of America, this would be dealt with by arresting people, and community would support the police for dealing with the problem. But you can't do that. In some parts of California, the state seniors, uh, senators, pardon me, helped uh, change the law that loitering with intent to engage in prostitution was no longer a crime on the grounds that it could be used to target trans people. Yeah. So that therefore they legalize prostitution. Police say that doesn't leave them with a lot of options when it comes to what to do. But because a whole lot of crime and problem comes with the outdoor prostitution rings like that. And when neighbors on Cap Street complained, the city supervisors suggested the solution was to legalize prostitution, set up a red light district. One woman claimed that it, this would reduce trafficking, but it wouldn't reduce trafficking, but the uh, workers would have an area where it was legalized and they wouldn't be bothered, so they would go gravitate there. Despite all of this, the city actually responded to the complaints and put up those temporary barriers. And there's a picture of the barriers here. And one of the things that I've seen is that it blocks the street. People can't get up and down the entire street. So early reports suggest the barricades were working. A group of about 170 neighbors signed a letter. Quote, I think it's the best thing they've ever done, said one longtime resident. Now I can get up in the middle of the night and there's no cars racing up and down the street and people being exploited. More than 170 neighbors signed a letter expressing their support for the barricades. 
So if you want to drive into the area, you're just going to have to go around. Over the weekend, San Francisco Fire Department Union says there's a problem. If there's a fire in the area, we're not going to be able to get to it because you've barricaded the street. So it's not clear what the fire union is talking about. I'm looking at a picture here. They can't get up the street. There haven't been any fires there in a long time. So, well, why would that be? Well, okay. Um, it's it, Here's one resident saying, I appreciate you more than you know trying to stop really dangerous situations, violence, pimps. Assaulting sex workers, chronic stress, lack of sleep from the residents, hoping to work together to consider. This is a um, a woman who's on the council here. They're trying to address public safety. It's, well, nothing. The streets are still accessible by foot. Okay. Anyway, residents are happy and sleeping better for the first time in years. At least that's working anyway. They're just having a hard time getting to their homes. And God forbid anybody should actually have a fire. Or, God forbid, if you have to call the police to your home for some reason, the police will have to stop their cars outside and get out and make their way down the street to get to where you are. And that just adds time. And, you know, the longer it takes for the police to get there, the more dangerous it is. So, wonderful solution there, San Francisco. There was a time when I wanted to go visit your city and spend time there. Now I'm afraid to even do that, which is a shame, because it was at one time one of the greatest cities in America, but now it's this garbage here. It's just nonsense. Safety One and Casper, love your show. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So what then does California do about the fentanyl problem? Because, well, here, let's go outside of California. I'll talk about this after the news. Fentanyl crisis spurs Pennsylvania County to end sanctuary city status. Well, I'm waiting. Some California towns have expressed the same problem. They declared themselves a sanctuary city, then got mad when southern cities along the border sent illegals by bus to sanctuary cities. What are you sending them here for? Well, you're a sanctuary city. Along with all of the illegals came all the fentanyl, came drug abuse in her city. And so now they're thinking, yeah, this is a problem. We might have to end sanctuary city status. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you should have thought of that in advance. But all right, we'll deal with it just a few minutes away. So we got local news coming your way. After local news, important that weather forecast. Then we'll get into this. Nice long segment of open phones my sister writes me back same difference but also we're we are now the people that others don't want to see nude after 40 years keeping clothes on yeah my sister in lake wales florida hey sister dear there's an old country song which i really love called i don't look good naked anymore (laughs) go look up that song it's really funny i don't look good naked anymore coming up on some local news, weather forecast, nice long segment of open phones, Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods, Wake Up Wild. Soggy morning porch paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K Two Radio. 
836 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So I was, uh, I'm going to move on from the San Francisco topic, but I got to get this out of the way. The San Francisco topic had to do with a street that was just full of prostitutes and pimps and so on. And people were complaining, well, there's all these naked people walking up and down the street. And I'm thinking, it's San Francisco. When hasn't there been naked people walking up and down the street? However, I often have, I've been saying this since I was a teenager, when I walked onto a beach in Florida that I didn't know on my hometown island that I didn't know had become a nude beach. And I looked around at all of the nakedness and realize that the people who like to get naked in public are not the people you want to see naked. To that, my sister in Lake Wales, Florida, sends me this note, same difference, but also we are now the people that others don't want to see. Nude. After 40 years, keep your clothes on. Well, you know, there's a country song about that. Well, my body could use a little slimming. I keep my shirt on when I go swimming. See my feet since 1984. The old lady wants to roll in the hay. We turn the lights down all the way. Cause I don't look good naked anymore. Suggest finding that song on YouTube and playing the entire thing because it's just absolutely hysterical. Mark in the Godforsaken Hill just outside of Casper, if a person goes to San Francisco, is it considered rude not to crap in the streets? I would say yes, you should. You should no, you should leave them a present. I would think so. I I mean we when in Rome, right? Do as the Romans do. So when in San Francisco, let's go. That's a great question, by the way. Let's go real quick over to Pennsylvania. I wonder, is this Philadelphia? We're not Pennsylvania. Okay, I said which city are they in over here? No, okay, uh, Butler County, Pennsylvania. The story, the headline here is: Fentanyl crisis spurs county to end sanctuary city status for illegals. Officials in Butler County, Pennsylvania consistently voted Republican in the last few elections have ended up with the area's sanctuary county status, keeping illegal aliens from being arrested by immigration, by ICE agents. Butler County District Attorney told a local news station during a discussion, the community has recently been flooded with fentanyl arriving across the border and being brought by illegals. Quote, our crime is just not just DUIs and retail anymore. We have drugs. Boy, do they have drugs. Again, this stuff has not come from citizens making fentanyl in the county. It's been brought there. Likewise, in San Francisco, officials are reviewing a plan to end its sanctuary city status for illegal aliens because of so many illegal aliens being charged with drug trafficking, particularly fentanyl. So from Pennsylvania to San Francisco, these cities are starting to reconsider what they've been doing. Pennsylvania has seen a drug overdose death soar in recent years. Latest Centers for Disease Control shows more than 5,100 residents in the state died 
in 2020 alone. 85% were opioid-related. Compare that with a figure of fewer than 1,700 Pennsylvania residents who died from drug overdoses in uh, 2005. That uh, over a 15-year period, drug overdose deaths have increased by more than 220%. The skyrocketing overdose deaths are not only tied to accidental overdose but also poisonings. Local law enforcement say they are finding fentanyl in everything. Candy, vape pens. Nationally, about 100,000 Americans die every day from drug overdoses, including tiny doses of fentanyl. Put another way, the U.S. is losing a population the size of South Bend, Indiana, every year from drugs, primarily coming across the southern border. Now, on that note, I had, and it was a really great interview at 7.20 this morning, your Wyoming representative in the U.S. House of Representatives called this program, and she is on the southern border. Harriet Hageman called from the southern border. She's with the Judiciary Committee, and they're touring the southern border. The Democrats on the committee refuse to show up. From my understanding, most of the press is not there, although Fox News has someone, but most of the press didn't show up. And they are there to take a look at what's actually happening on the border. And part of what she talked about was if you're being trafficked across the southern border, if you're coming across the southern border illegally, you have to go through what essentially is Mexico's organized crime in order to do it, which means you're going to pay heavily to come across the border. If you don't have the money, you're going to perform a task you will engage in human, human trafficking other people, or you will be human trafficked, or prostitution, or you're going to be a drug mule. They're going to get something out of you in order to allow you across the border. That's what's happening on the other side of the southern border in order for anyone to come across. That's why so many drugs come pouring across the southern border. And you can see what it's doing. So even sanctuary cities, including San Francisco, okay, enough of the sanctuary city status. It sounded great to them, like they had the moral high ground when they did it. But then they realized what was coming with all of that. And so they decided to end sanctuary city status. But I wonder if they end it, does that mean that they're actually going to arrest people and ship them back? I kind of doubt that. But they say they're going to end the status anyway. We have to see what happens next after they end that status. Now, if you want to hear the interview with Harriet Hegman, because it was a really good one, you didn't miss it because she was on at 7.20 this morning for about 10 minutes. You did not miss that interview. If you go to the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free to download at your app store, and then you'll see when you open it up, it's there's a toolbar. There are toolbars right there in the middle. On the left side of the toolbar is On Demand. You touch that. And you'll see this show, Wake Up Wyoming. Touch that. There's a list of shows. See, this program becomes a podcast when I'm done on the air. So you just select today's episode, and you can fast forward to where her interview was, if that's all you want to hear. You can listen to the whole program, which is condensed. We condense it, getting rid of news and a lot of commercials, so it's not an entire four-hour program. You can pause it, stop it and start it whenever you want. You can 
go ahead and share the thing if that's what you want to do. And all of that is free to you. So that really good interview by Harriet Hageman this morning right from the southern border. As soon as this program is over, it becomes a podcast, and you'll be able to do that. By the way, as long as I have your attention on that, the app is good, free, for road reports, weather reports, breaking news stories, if you want to get that kind of action out of the app, if you choose to turn the alerts on. All of that is available for you. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best... Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Forty-eight's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Now, hang on a second here. I'm going to head over to the icebox. Hey, uh, Frank, you there? Didn't think so. The door is open, and he's not there. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> well, Miss Mary, um, I'm, I'm all ready to go here, and Frank got busy, and he's not over there right now. Now, I, we've, we haven't done this in a while. Frank has really been really just, I mean, incredibly good about showing up on time. There have been times in the past, I haven't told this story in a while, when my producer was the Lady Alex. And if Frank was ever late, she would go over there and yell at him. And he would come running down the hallway because he was yelled at by the Lady Alex. Miss Mary's way of going after Frank is... Uh, <laughs> she, Miss Mary walks up, Frank, and oh, he has described it to me as being far creepier and scarier when Miss Mary, in her soft tone of voice, walks up behind. Yeah, okay, she's going down. But Miss Mary just went into the studio and looked. He's not down there in the studio. Oh, Lord, this is going to get, oh, this is going to be scary. I wish I had a camera following Miss Mary right now. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. Frank Gambino, Studio yeah, 6. Yeah, because uh, he's going to come running down the hallway any second now. And it's because Mary scared him down the hallway. Now, again, Ma- Mary doesn't yell. She is such a sweet, soft-spoken person. She's going to come up behind him. Frank, is there some place you're supposed to be right now? <laughs> and he's going to feel like some kind of a school kid who's about to be sent to the principal's office, which is, I mean, just absolutely fun to see. Oh, can't find him. Did he step out of the building? Was Frank Gambino kidnapped or something like that? Wow. Okay. Well, if somebody does find him, I'm just going to go ahead and with, with what I was going to talk to Frank about. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I think I just saw him in the bad. studio. There he is. Okay. I was talking about the weather. Oh, you were. Yeah, with the with Drewer ninety five five guy. Weather sucks. Yes, he knows that. Yeah. Okay. Miss Mary was assuming you were abducted by aliens. No, I just saw her. I asked okay. her about her office. Oh, okay. Usually I, it's, a, it's a million degrees below zero. Oh in my there. God! It's now freezing it's a million degrees below, okay. below zero outside, and the office is warm. Well, I'm glad that. How does you, this work? I well, I don't know. Well, 
I don't know, but I'm glad that you've made it into your studio and you sit down right on time. All righty then. The State High School Wrestling Tournament does begin this morning at the Ford Center in Casper, and the girls will take center stage. They'll wrestle all day today through the semifinal round, and then the girls' finals will be tomorrow night. The third and fifth place matches and the consolation semifinals for the ladies will be also tomorrow. This is the first year that girls wrestling is a sanctioned sport in Wyoming with over 200 ladies participating statewide. That number will probably double next year. The tournament will have a double. This tournament will have a double elimination format after a single elimination bracket was scrapped. The Boise State Wrestling Tournament will begin tomorrow and run through Saturday at the Ford Center in Casper. In high school basketball, the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools will be tonight as Natrona will host Kelly Walls. The NC girls are nine and twelve, and the KW girls are four and fourteen. The girls' game will start at six. The boys' game will follow around seven thirty. The NC boys nine and eleven, and the KW boys are seven and eleven. Cheyenne East and Cheyenne Central boys and girls will play tomorrow night at the Story Gym. The 1A and 2A regional basketball tournaments will start today and uh, statewide. The 2A East will be uh, in Sundance and Moorcroft. On the boys' side, Pine Bluffs will play at Sundance at 8.30 tonight. Burns will play Tongue River at 8.30 in Moorcroft. On the girls' side, Pine Bluffs will play right at 4 this afternoon in Sundance, and the Burns girls will meet Tongue River at 5.30 in Moorcroft. The first round of the 1A East Regional is in Buffalo. The Midwest boys will play Southeast at 1.30 this afternoon, and the KC boys will take on Guernsey at 7. KC girls are right at the top of the hour will take on HEM, and those regional tournaments will run through Saturday. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home tonight to play Nevada. Cowgirls are having a really nice season at 18 and 9 overall. They're 11 and 5 in Mountain West Conference play. Nevada, eh, you know, they're 9 and 17, 6 and 9 in league play. You are what you are. As a 6:30 start from the Double A in Laramie tonight, the Cowgirls will host Colorado State on Saturday night. Wyoming Cowboys will play at CSU tomorrow night. And in high school athletics, on another side of it, uh, the State Nordic Ski Championships will begin tomorrow in Jackson. The State Alpine Skiing Championships will be next week in Jackson. There's no shortage of snow anywhere. None whatsoever. When you go outside, does your face hurt? My, I, I just opened the door briefly. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt because it's a thousand degrees. Yeah, inside. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I found that in order for me to go outside, I have a little scarf thing I wrap around my yeah. face. Because even when I breathe through my nose, it hurt my lungs. You know what, Glenn? There are scarves now. That are battery operated. Really, there's jackets that are like that too. Yes, and, and they have scars like that too. Our friend Sean, he apologized for the gross image, but he said he actually had to blow his nose, but wasn't able to, <laughs> and it froze up there. Oh, no, so, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Well, the, these are Wyoming problems that are really unique to our kind of cold weather, frozen snot. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, we're going to roll into news time. National local update on the weather forecast. Then you and I get into it in the 9 o'clock hour with open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, Wake Up Wyoming.
9.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. There's a little bit of an improvement in Wyoming's road, yet still. Warning. We're sorry, but due to winter conditions, Wyoming is closed. If you are interested in winter recreation or just passing through, we just can't help you right now. Honestly, we're okay with it. Y'all are crazy out there, and we needed a break. It's Cold. Yeah, and that bleep is not an exaggeration either. Okay, here's what I'm looking at right now. So let's say you want to get on I-25 from Cheyenne to Casper back and forth. It's now open. Now, I-25 north of Casper to KC is still closed. But from Cheyenne, between Cheyenne and Casper, everything is open. However, just caution because it's still slick out there. At least there's not snow drifts because there's really not much for wind. Okay, so that's the good news, but it's still hazardous, it's slick, but at least they just opened that. Anything on the east side from I-25 over is open. Well, except for Midwest, you folks are still stuck there. But it's all open, but again, same real caution because, boy, there's some slick spots out there. I-80 is closed. But, you know, and all the other roads that are in the central part of the state... It's just uh, some open, some closed, but improvements are happening. James is in Casper. Hello, James. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a solution possibly for the fentanyl problem. All right. You take all the fentanyl that's been confiscated, take it to an Air Force base, doesn't matter which one, grind it all up and put it in glass containers. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a number of stealth bombers. Yeah. You load the bomb bag with them, and you take it back to China. And each glass container, you stencil made in China in Chinese. Okay. So you just bomb China with fentanyl, in other words. Why fly them over in yeah. a bomber? No, I got Now, here's revenge for you. So we attach them to a bunch of high-altitude balloons. And, gotta, that balloons are going over Europe. You don't yeah. really want to mess with well, them. No, they, put them up in a way that they float over China. You know, then just, they, they did it to us, we'll just do it back. I understand, but yeah. the bomber a little, little quicker. Yeah, okay. Either that yeah. or just uh, go to find out where the cartel headquarters are right. and drop it there on the cartel headquarters. A lot of that's also made south of the border, too, so there's the problem. I think uh, the biggest problem, though, is, to, to be honest, straight with you for a bit, though, is people are taking it. You know, if there was no demand for it, it wouldn't be made. There's people taking this stuff. We want to end this. we got to find out why you doing this to yourself when you know the risks. Well, people aren't the most smartest. In no, the world. they're not. All right. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. 888 woods the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I've always thought that, to me, that was always the problem with drug abuse of any kind, any kind of substance abuse, whatever it might be. There's people out there, for whatever reason, and we can have long conversations about what the reason is, they get into it. They get hooked on it, and then you got to find a way to get them off of it and maybe get them back to a normal life of some kind. It's a lot like, to me, when gun control. I don't blame the gun. I blame the person using the gun if something bad has happened. So when it comes to drugs, you can put me in a room with illegal drugs all day long, and I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to touch it. I don't want it. So it's not even tempting to me. 
But what is going on with people who do get into that? What happens and how can we prevent that? There's always been drug abuse, always. Drug abuse is not a new thing to humanity. The only thing that really is different is the kinds of drugs that are out there are so easy to get. Inexpensive in many cases, really easy to get, and extremely deadly. And even when you take, for those people who you know, make drugs illegal and take their drugs away, it's just the same thing as guns. You've heard me talk about this with guns. If you take away guns, you don't end murder and crime with guns. The people who want to use guns for whatever reason, murder, suicide, will just find some other tool. They'll just go and find something else. The same thing happens with drugs. You take drugs away and they go make it. A few years ago, and this is actually not an uncommon thing, a couple of guys in Gillette, Wyoming, wrecked their car into the side of a building. They were huffing paint. They bought spray paint, and they found a way to huff it and get high. And then they were driving while doing this, and they ran into a building. That's actually not that uncommon that stuff like that happens. That's why I say... I don't blame the drug. Why is it people want to do this? And this is what you really have to solve for if you want to solve the problem. And so if you're wondering, well, then how come we haven't solved the problem? Because we've never been able really to figure out how to prevent people from getting into this. And we have tried just about everything. One program that was ridiculed that actually had some success, for those old enough to remember... Remember there was that whole just say no to drugs thing that was back in the 80s and it was the first lady at the time. Wasn't that, was that Barbara Bush, I think it was, that was doing that at the time. Just say no to drugs. And people made fun of her. And yet it was geared toward young people, teenagers and so on. And yet drug use went down considerably. Never, it's never going to stop, but it went down considerably because people were educated from a very young age about the dangers of the stuff. So far, that's the best solution we've ever come up with, but the woman was ridiculed for it, for trying to teach people from a young age, here's what happens when you get into this stuff. So I don't know. When I take a look, I was uh, pointing out to San Francisco and how they've decided to not be a sanctuary city anymore because the illegals showing up in San Francisco are bringing just piles of fentanyl with them and other drugs, too. What do they do about that? How do they stop that? Well, one of the things is not allow illegals to show up anymore, they figure, right? But I look at it as a bigger problem. So if these illegals are showing up with just bags full of fentanyl and other drugs, why are there so many people in San Francisco willing to do it? How did that come about? Why are there so many people that are willing to do this? I don't have the answer to that. And humanity has been trying to find an answer to that for a very long time. We solved for that, and there would never be an illegal drug trade ever again. It wouldn't happen because nobody would want this stuff. It'd just be that simple. So a lot of times solving the problem, we go after the wrong thing. Again, Gun control will stop gun violence. No, violence will continue. They just won't use a gun. Nothing will change. Get rid of the drugs and we don't have a drug abuse problem. No, you're still going to have a substance abuse problem. They won't be able to get what you've been able to get rid of 
but they're still going to get whatever they can to get high. That's what you actually have to solve for. You have to you have to go after the real problem, which oftentimes is the toughest thing to do. Coming up on 915 Wake Up Wyoming. You do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. It's the time it's Wake Up Wyoming. Tommy and Franny did convention of the stage pass. Nobody made good progress. I don't know if it... It hadn't been shot down yet. It's made good progress, but it hadn't passed yet either. For those people wanting convention of the stage. All right, 920 is time. 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And the people I'm answering here, I'm not just talking to phantoms in a room, although I do sit in a padded room and I talk to myself. So if you want to be one of the voices in my head, triple eight ninety seven woods or use the Wake Up Wyoming app, free to download at your app store. You'll see on the toolbar across the middle the chat option, touch that, and go ahead and send me a text message while I'm on the air, and I do go ahead and answer them. All right, now, um, for the longest time, Bill Maher really irritated me. But then in the true sense of the word, Bill Maher became woke, not liberal weirdo woke. He woke up. Now, that doesn't mean he put on a MAGA hat. He's still very left, okay? But even though he's very left, he's realized some things. I came across some audio. Bill Maher is talking to the president on air of MSNBC about the lies of COVID. Now, I talked to you about this earlier in the week. That getting all of the vaccines and boosters turned out to be really not a whole lot more effective than just natural immunity. Here's here's Bill Maher actually confronting the president of MSNBC. As I saw in the paper today, kind of a big story, I think. I wonder how much it's going to get covered in the liberal media because it's about how natural immunity. They did a giant study, 65 countries or maybe something like 65 countries, many, many different studies. They looked at them all. Natural immunity, as good or better than the vaccine. Something I've been saying since the beginning, and I get called an anti-vaxxer. That's not an anti-vaxxer. This is the kind of thing, I, you know, my problem with the media from both sides is not that you, you guys lie. It's that you tell me your side of the story that you want me to know. You don't tell me the whole story. I'd be curious as to how much play this story gets, because... I, I remember reading that they did a study of Republicans versus Democrats. The question was, what percentage, this is like a year and a half ago, what percentage of people who get COVID require hospitalization? The answer is less than 1%. Almost half of Democrats thought it was over 50%. They listened to your network. Where do they get that kind of information? That was you to you. That was clear. That's bad information they have in their head, and it's from one side. Okay, so you see how he's picking on MSNBC, which I listened to and thought, go, Bill. <clears throat> All right. I, and he's right because I, I will look at both networks like Fox News and MSNBC and CNN and so on and so on. And no matter which side of the political spectrum they're on, they all kind of do the same thing, right? But the idea, he's right about those numbers, too that those on the left 
have this idea that, well, those who they get COVID, 50% or more of people who got COVID were hospitalized. It was less than 1%. Okay. And the deaths from COVID, although the numbers were big, was less than that. So uh, when you're talking percentage-wise, that's a completely different story, which is not something people on the left believe because, well, they're primarily listening to MSNBC or speaking of which. Remember Jen Psaki? That's, by the way, a Native American word meaning lying redhead. Jen, I made that up myself. I'm so proud of that. Jen Psaki used to be the White House spokeswoman. And she was just nasty, rude, condescending, and she lied constantly. And I was so happy when they got rid of her, but I thought, what do you replace her with? How do you find someone as bad as her? Well, they found someone worse because this woman that's replaced Jen Psaki is just horrible, not even good at it. At least Jen Psaki knew how to stand there and look at someone straight in the eye and just be a condescending, obnoxious bully and liar. Okay, The new girl that they have isn't even good at it. She's just embarrassingly bad. So Jinsaki leaves, and of course, she's picked up by MSNBC. Of course, because they think she's a hero. The story says, in an announcement from MSNBC, whose ratings, by the way, talk about it in the toilet... That was roughly as surprising as the sun rising in the east. The network proclaimed that former Biden press secretary Jen Psaki will soon debut a new weekly news show as part of the Sunday lineup. They chose the curious title Inside with Jen Psaki. I, the author says I describe it as curious because she's not really inside of the administration at all. In fact, she's been one of the most outside this entire time. The network said that the show will leverage Jen Psaki's wide-ranging, you're going to love this, expertise to tackle the biggest issues of the week. Expertise. All right. You, can, you can't really argue with that, the author says, because she's been in the swamp for quite a while. Well, she certainly knows the swamp. Okay, but the story here says uh, President Biden's former press secretary will host a weekly Sunday show, again, MSNBC. Uh, we've been working for some time uh, on some fun and different features. I doubt both of that. And can't wait to dig up all that news. And then she, Jen Psaki, posts on her Twitter, let's do this. So looking forward to Sunday, March 19th. We've been working on it. Can't wait. Okay, well, it's known that MSNBC reached out to her about a job before she ever left the White House. But apparently it's taken until now to put all the pieces together to launch this new show. That newscast. Uh, I, I don't understand what... Uh, what exactly they expect out of this. But then again, you and I look at her for what she really is. And there are those on the left who think that she's just a hero and can't wait to get her on the program. I don't think she's... Well, no one in MSNBC has good ratings. So we'll see how she does. I think her delivery won't be all that bad. She was really good as far as a speaking style. But as far as substance, fairness, all right. That doesn't exist. And as far as her ability to tell the truth, no. 
Nansaki always had a, and this is not me talking, this is the author of this article, always had a condescending tone. See, I'm not the only one who noticed it. When dealing with the news or any other conservative outlets, so MSNBC's pretty clear destination for her, uh, she wasn't a very fun press secretary, this author says. I would miss seeing her doing the White House briefings, but then again, I had no idea just how completely awful her replacement was going to be. I'm glad as I'm reading this, I'm not the only one who's noticed it. I am not the only one. He's saying all of the same things that I've been saying over the years. So let's see how long she stays on MSNBC. Then again, there's other hosts on MSNBC who have been there for a very long time and have horrible ratings, and yet they're still just there doing it. I, It's not a news program, really. MSNBC never had anything to do with news. They're liberal talk television. And I would be okay with that if that's just if they just admitted that that's what they were, then we're okay, let them do that. But they try to put themselves off as, no, no, we're a fair and balanced news network. Well, no, they're not, and that's what I have a problem with. All right, coming up on some local news update on your weather forecast after that. You and I get back into it. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Wake up. Uh, wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, wake up Wyoming. Some Wyoming news I've been trying to get to this morning. We'll probably spend more time on it on Friday's program. So, ban on Wyoming transgender treatment for kids was voted down, but there is a chance for resurrection. That's where kids under a certain age cannot get any kind of treatment like that in the state of Wyoming. Too young, says the people who wrote the bill. House Speaker continues to stall bill banning gender sexual orientation teaching in grades, grades uh, K through 3. Uh, also, Jackson, th- I talked about this earlier today. It's, the, the headline of the story is not what got me. Jackson Democrat says, if you vote against a per diem hike, you shouldn't get it. Now, what he's talking about is people in the Wyoming legislative process and also those people who work for the legislators as a job, they get a per diem rather than a salary. In other words, just to cover expenses Gas, hotels, stuff like that. Inflation goes up. They'd like a little bit of raise to cover all the costs. So this Jackson Democrat, well, if you don't vote for it, you shouldn't get it. What got me was, as he was talking, he's the only one in the House of Representatives wearing a face mask. You know where the Democrats are. They're the ones wearing the face mask. Gordon vetoes the preservation of eminent domain powers for wind farm developers. That I have to get into tomorrow. And also, 770 dead Wyoming eagles launched a book by Tom Bell and his career. And that's something that we ought to take a look at because the number of dead eagles in the state of Wyoming and other birds and bats as well. And yet there's still people pushing that we put up more of these things. And yet if any animal is found dead or injured around oil 
wells or gas wells. Immediately, oh, we have to shut all of that down, even though it may or may not have been anything to do with the work that was going on. And also, this is another one. Um, the story, the headline is what got me. Headline is Gordon Seeks Federal Aid, Ag Aid, Agricultural Aid. Now, this is because of all the weather we've been having here, a lot of snow and so on. Those of you who are have livestock, you know it's been tough on you, and this recent storm was no help. Even more animals were lost. That's why Gordon wants federal aid. Well, the story goes on the headline, again in another season of extremes. Well, okay. What I wanted to actually tackle there was not that Gordon was looking for federal aid to help you guys out there of livestock and have lost a lot of it during this past winter. But, you know, right away, well, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> weather extremes that we're going through. Welcome to the West. Welcome to planet Earth, for that matter, where weather extremes are what happened. There's never been a time when there weren't extremes. And in fact, during your lifetime, you have never really experienced an extreme. An extreme is like an ice age or those times when the Earth didn't have any polar ice caps. Those are extremes. Extreme, if you haven't heard of it before, go look up something called... What we're going through now is, yes, we do have weather that for human beings, well, and animals out there as well, it's, well, it's really tough on us. It's hard to deal with. With modern technology, it becomes more than anything just inconvenient to deal with tough weather. But there's a difference between tough weather and weather extremes. And really, the periods of droughts that we go through and the periods of wet weather that we go through, even though the pendulum swings back quite a bit, back and forth it goes, that's not really extreme. That's just planet Earth doing what planet Earth does. Sometimes this weather is really inconvenient for you and us. And with modern technology can get, well, again, annoying more than anything else. But we handle it just fine. I mean, what's the worst you really have to deal with? Okay, your car gets stuck. Chances are you're going to get home. Chances are you're going to be fine. You'll get your car back. You know, it's just going to be really inconvenient. I even knew that when I was heading home from work yesterday. The weather going to work was better than coming back because the storm just kept picking up. And it was um, really a difficult drive home. But I knew if something happened... And I got stuck. I would still make it home. I would still get my car out at some point. Life would go on. Okay. So today with modern technology, it's just really inconvenient. But weather extremes, I'll talk more about that tomorrow because oftentimes you're told it's not supposed to be like this. Things are more extreme than ever before. And actually, they're not. And I'll show you that to you. And, and many other things we got to do tomorrow. Now, I always give you open phones every day of the week. There's never a time that I don't give you open phones. You always get it. Friday's program, it's the entire program. Unless I have a guest on, it's the entire program. So there's a chance where you get to talk about stuff like that, but also review a lot of other news that I didn't get a chance to get to. And you get to just vent on Friday. So if you want to get it out of your system before we get into the weekend. So you are tolerable to be around this show is therapy. And isn't it scary that I'm your therapist? Frightening, isn't it? It should be. 942 Wake Up Wyoming. Turn up.
This is like back in the days of the original Wyoming cowboys and settlers and so on, right? They had some really disgusting hygiene habits. Well, they would just jump in the horse trough, wouldn't they? Uh, that would be part of it, yeah. Okay, okay. so let me or see. Or jump in the river. Uh, yeah, okay. So if you went, let's say, into a saloon, you would notice hanging from the bottom of the bar a towel. That was everybody used it. Because you're, you're drinking whatever you're drinking, you got to wipe your beard because most people had didn't shave back then. Yeah. And that thing really never got clean. Okay. Okay. That but was at least it was there. Uh, shared hotel rooms. If you With went, strangers? Yeah. It's okay. So if you went to rent a, a bed for the night, you'd be lucky if you got your own bed. Oh. A lot of times a mattress was big enough, so you'd have to sleep with some stranger. You'd walk into the room upstairs, and you would find multiple beds crammed in there. And let's hope no one snored too loud. Or the other ladies of the night were in there either. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, see, uh, chamber pots under those beds. So, if it was really cold, like it's been here, and you really have to, you know, in the middle of the night, do whatever. You pull the pot from under the bed, use it, shove it back under the bed. That had to smell great, right? Yeah, why don't they just go out the window? Uh-huh. It's too cold. Yeah, see? Okay. Um, the shared toothbrush. No. Whether you were in your own house or whether you were in that hotel, there was one toothbrush, and nobody thought anything of it. You just, you know, rinsed it off and handed it to the next person. What, what, what were the, I didn't even know they had toothbrushes back then. Uh, they, yeah, they did. But they, Made it, of wire? They, yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. It was not like the nice ones we have today. No. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people just didn't use them. I'd rather my teeth rot out. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. That's basically what they did. Uh, um, speaking of beds, bed bugs? Oh, I'm sure. So mattresses were stuffed with whatever they could find, you know, hay or straw or whatever. And the bugs lived in the hay. Uh, exactly right. Yeah. Now, I did learn something interesting when I was touring an old place. So back in those days, if you did have a bed off ground, instead of a spring mattress or whatever, box spring, they had ropes that went back and forth to hold the mattress up inside the box, right? Yeah, yeah. And every so often, those ropes had to be tightened. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, then you had the, and then you would flip the mattress and pillow over so the bed bugs had to work their way from the bottom back up towards you. Right. Hopefully, you'd be out of there before they got to you. Wow. Hence the saying, sleep tight, the ropes. Don't let the bed bugs, bed bugs bite. Uh-huh. That's where that came from. Then you get to what you were talking about. The drinking water and the bathing water was also mixed with the sewage. <laughs> what, a, what, boy, what a combo that is. Uh huh. Yeah. Let me see. Um, People didn't change their clothes that often or bathe that often, and so funguses would develop. Okay. If somebody did heat up some water and make a bath, that was a rare thing. And then people would line up to take a bath. You better be the first one in. And not the last one out. Exactly. Oh, boy. 
Well, the State High School Wrestling Tournament will start this morning at 10.30 at the Ford Center in Casper with the girls taking the center stage. They'll wrestle all day today through the semifinal round. The girls' finals will be tomorrow night, and the third and fifth place matches plus the Constellation semifinal matches will also be tomorrow. This is the first year that girls' wrestling is a sanctioned sport in Wyoming with over 200 girls participating statewide this season, and that number will probably double to next year. The tournament will have a double elimination format for the ladies after a single elimination bracket was scrapped. The Boys State Wrestling Tournament will begin tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. and run through Saturday at the Ford Center. In high school basketball, the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper Schools and the Toronto versus Kelly Walls has been postponed from tonight to Saturday night due to the weather and the road conditions and everything else. The NC girls coming into Saturday's game is 9-12. and 12. The KW girls are 4-14. Four and 14. And then the boys game on Saturday, the NC boys are 9-11 and 11, and the KW boys at 7-11. So they're not going to play basketball tonight. They're going to play them on Saturday. The 1A and 2A regional basketball tournament start today statewide. The 2A East will be in Sundance and Moorcroft. On the boys' side, Pine Bluffs will play at Sundance at 8.30 tonight. Burns will play Tongue, play Tongue River in Moorcroft at 8.30. On the girls' side, Pine Bluffs will play right at 4 this afternoon in Sundance. And the Burns girls will meet Tongue River at 5.30 in Moorcroft. The first run of the 1A East Regional in Buffalo is underway as we speak. The KC girls are taking on HEM right now. And then on the boys' side in the 1A East, the Midwest guys will take on Southeast at 1.30, and the KC boys will meet Guernsey at 7. Women's college basketball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls with a home game tonight in Laramie take on Nevada. Cowgirls are having a really nice season, 18-9 overall, 11-5 in Mountain West Conference play. They're kind of looking for that number 2 seed possibly in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Nevada's been mediocre. They're nine and seventeen overall, six and nine in league play. There's a six thirty start from the Double A in Laramie tonight. Then the Cowgirls will turn around and play and host Colorado State on Saturday night. Wyoming Cowboys will be at CSU tomorrow night. Also in high school athletics, the State Nordic Ski Championships will begin tomorrow in Jackson. The State Alpine Ski Championship will be next week in Jackson. That's it in sports. And as you were talking, I went to take a look at our own Prairie Wife in Hills, and she has a picture up on her social media. It shows all of her kids: one, two, three, four, five. And there's that one girl that she has that has just been taking names at wrestling. That's Jillian. Yes. Oh, Lord. There's a picture of her standing up high on some podium, and she's holding the belt. I didn't know they got belts. Well, all wrestlers get belts. They, with the big belt, with a massive belt. Yeah, yeah, with, with the big thing on there. Yeah. Yes, yes. She's holding up that. So I'm thinking, oh, she won that, did she? And, and then she can hit people over the head with it. I'm sure she can. Also, that's a good serving tray for snacks. Yes, excellent. I'm idea. sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.